This is Louise Netz, and you're listening to In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin on 88.1 WCRX-FM. We've got a big update for Chicagoland and the rest of Illinois about how the stay-at-home order is being extended and some new rules for people in Illinois to be aware of if they need to go out in public. We'll also fill you in on what's happening in the South with some deadly storms, a new symptom of coronavirus to watch out for, and we'll talk a bit about the beginning of Ramadan starting this Friday. Also today on the show, Yasmin will talk with a Chicago public school teacher on how he's coping with school going online for the rest of the year, and some new ideas on how to keep kids out of your hair at home. Then after that, I'll be talking with an emerging singer-songwriter, Janet Blackwell, on how her musical community is surviving and keeping in touch through the pandemic. We also talk staying reasonable with yourself when it comes to creative expectations and isolation, and her new EP coming out this Friday. If you miss any part of the show today, or you want to listen to any of our past episodes, you can find In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to 88.1 WCRX-FM, Chicago's Underground. And here we are again, back in the studio. And by studio, I mean my living room. Yeah, Louise, I'm there with you. I'm sitting in my parents' closet. (laughs) (laughs) Really good for audio quality. We're all just just trying to make it work, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to get away from my siblings because they're always fighting and I just don't want it in the <laughs> background of our shows. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The show's about us, not them. No, I'm just I think I saw on one of our uh, classmates, Eva's face or her Instagram page, she took a photo of how she's a radio student, too. And she took a photo of her closet with her mic and her uh, laptop in there and being like, my at-home studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, so shout out to all of the, uh, you know, radio journalism students who are working, radio and journalism students who are working from home right now and trying to, trying to figure out how to recreate what they had at school. Have you had, have you had the thought yet, um, where you're like, man, I knew I should have done print journalism (laughs) because I've thought about that (laughs) multiple times this week. You know what? No, because I hate writing. So it's all good. <laughs> I don't mind writing. I just always preferred radio. So. Yeah. 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 Plus, I mean, with everything going on right now, um, I don't know how many people are tuning into the radio, but I think that it's a really good information, like a really good way to get your information right now. Like tuning into the briefings uh, every day are really, really easy. Um, I think that all the reporters in, in radio are doing a really good job. You know, it doesn't have to take up a huge chunk of your day. Because I know a lot of people right now are like, oh, I'm really overwhelmed with the news, right? Right. And I think that you can get really overwhelmed if you're reading a lot of print stuff because it's just like article after article after article and it never ends. But if this you, is true. you can take like find a good um, radio news station like here in Chicago, we have WBBM, you have us here on Fridays and Saturdays um, and you have WBEZ too and you can just tune in for like an hour or even a half hour and get all really all the information that you need in the day you know in a nice like condensed package that's not too overwhelming yeah this is true and i mean there's there's so much going on too um why don't we dive into some of these stories that have been happening over the past few days yeah so the first big one is you know before we tape the next show here uh on april 30th there's quite a few states that are planning to end their stay-at-home orders um except for illinois where we just got an announcement from our governor jb pritzker that we're going to be extending our stay-at-home orders through may and there's actually also going to be a couple of extra restrictions on that um we're going to be opening up state parks in illinois there are going to be some businesses added on as new essential businesses that are going to be allowed to open. And some non-essential retail businesses are also going to be allowed to open in May. And then the big update is that starting on May 1st, it's going to be required for Illinois residents to have a face covering when they're in public and in spaces where social distancing is difficult. So if you don't have a mask right now or a way to cover your face, um, you should think about that. 
and there's a there's a ton of resources online about you know it doesn't have to be a surgical mask or um an n95 or anything like that it can be you know a bandana with some um hair elastics on it you know you can make your own at home (laughs) to add off of that um you know, there are plenty of different things that you could use to cover your face. I mean, I wear hijab. I've just been wrapping my hijab on my face, which you have been en- you've enlightened me, though, over the semester, just like the advantages of the hijab. Like you told me about the headphone thing yes. earlier. <laughs> I was like, that's yes. genius. Um, In case anybody forgot, you can just yeah. stick your headphones right in your scarf. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's genius. Genius. Yeah, but that, that's really what everyone needs to know. If you live in another state, make sure you uh, check to see what's going to be opening up on the 30th or if your stay-at-home um, guidelines have been extended into May or even Lori Lightfoot, uh, Chicago's mayor, has been suggesting that we might even extend it into June. But the big thing you should really take away is that beginning May 1st, everybody needs to have a way in Illinois to cover their face when they're in public. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, I'm going to be interesting to see if there's a way that they can um, figure out what the compliance rates are going to be for that. But it's definitely going to be an adjustment. Oh, definitely. And I, and there are some people who might not even um, be paying attention to news briefings. Um, mm-hmm. And they might not even know that this is going to be happening until they walk outside and see everyone else wearing something on their face. Yeah, yeah. And and I just want to make sure that people know, like, you don't have to have a surgical mask. You don't have to have an N95. Um, you you just need to have something that covers your face. It could be a scarf, bandana. You can make your own at home. And there are so many resources online to learn how to make your own and stuff like that. So um, so moving on to your story. You, now, you sent me this story earlier today. And when you said, I have a story about Corona toes... I thought that it was going to be a story about people not being able to get, like, a pedicure. But actually, <laughs> it's a new symptom that they're adding to the uh, the list of symptoms that come along with COVID-19. Yes, that's right. I actually, um, well, it's funny because when I clicked the link um, to read it this morning when it popped up in my news notifications, it was literally a picture of somebody's hairy foot and huge red toes. And I was, obviously, I was like, well, what is this? It has to do with the coronavirus. I need to read this. So um, it turns out that this condition usually starts off with um, a red or purple discoloration. And the skin, the skin um, is a little bit raised, underdeveloped. Um, there's ulcerations. Um, and this was actually put out by today. They put out the article um, this morning, actually. And the reason that this caught my attention was because a lot of people who are getting this symptom are actually um, considered asymptomatic carriers of the virus. Mm. So a lot of people who are now reading about this had no idea that they may have had the coronavirus. They actually interviewed somebody in the article um, who said the affected toes were initially painful to touch and a bit sore while walking. And the pain and soreness lasted just over one week and gradually went away. So this individual never went and got tested. And mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting because it makes you think, well, if this is a symptom, how many people may have had this symptom in the past couple of right. months? And that's just going to show how off the numbers might be for the virus as well. Yeah. And maybe, you know, it could have been something even maybe they just thought they had dry skin or maybe like athlete's foot or something like that. And they didn't think it was worth going to the doctor. Um, So it's it's a really interesting symptom. And they're saying the skin might be hot, burning or itchy to touch. Um, Walking might be hard. Made me look at my toes (laughs) and check my feet out because I got a little worried there. But uh, they look healthy. So. Check your toes, guys. Check the toes. So the next bit of news that we have for you is there's been another string of deadly tornadoes to hit the southern states. I know um, a couple months ago we had those awful tornadoes that hit Nashville. 
um, and now the South is being hit by it again. Um, 26 tornadoes have been reported so far in just a couple of days. And there have been tornado watches continuing to be issued over the next couple of days as well. Um, so far, there are six dead through Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, and Mississippi. It's it's a lot. Um, it's just a lot going on at once. And we often, because we're talking so much about the coronavirus, we also forget that this is the season where a lot of really bad storms also hit right. a lot of states in the country. So it's just a lot mixing together at once. Yeah. Um, and I can't imagine um, the people who are living there trying to deal with a stay-at-home order, and then suddenly you have this devastation. That story is developing, but we'll see what happens um, as these storms continue to come through. And we'll definitely um, make sure that we keep an eye on all of those states and how they're doing there. Well, Louise, a really big part of my life is coming up that I always look forward to every year. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for you. So my favorite time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, So the very first day of Ramadan 2020 starts on Friday, April 24th. And I am so stoked. My family is decorating the house. We are getting all of our traditional sweets ready, our Middle Eastern sweets, um, getting our prayer mats, you know, laid out. Mm -hmm. Everybody's really excited. So, um, but, you know, it's going to be a very different kind of Ramadan this year um due to the social distancing order um so but before I get into that why don't I tell you a little bit about what Ramadan is would be great so Ramadan is the ninth month of in the Islamic calendar where Muslims fast and abstain from food and drink from dawn to dusk in this time period Muslims work on their relationship with God increase their prayer and this is also one of the five pillars of Islam Ramadan is a time where Muslims from all over the world are connected. And usually after breaking our fast, um, we go to the mosque and pray a congregational prayer. Um, You know, this is a really big tradition during Ramadan. And I've actually had experiences where mosques are overflowing with Muslims going for congregational prayer. And some Muslims had to join the prayer from outside. Mm. So this is like a really, this is going to be a, kind of like a culture yeah, shock so in a what, way what are people doing different this year so there was a little bit of controversy surrounding a virtual um prayer from home a congregational prayer because we have to be all together for it to technically not count but count in yeah. a way um but what they're doing instead at least my local mosque is they're going to be distributing um online lectures um prayers that you can do with your family they're also giving out ideas that you could possibly do with your family which i think is super cute um i grew up in a predominantly muslim area so this is obviously hitting our whole community so hard because this is a time where maybe you reconnect with those people that you haven't seen in such a long time and you're with your family and ramadan is is the highlight of the muslim year It's, we have, I mean, my family personally, what we're doing this year is we're going to be doing um, virtual like Zoom, FaceTime, iftar dinners. That's where we break our fast, Uh, which should be interesting because a lot of people in my family are not very tech savvy. So we'll see how that works out. It's going to be great. If anything, (laughs) it'll be a good laugh, you know? Oh, definitely. Or people will just be hangry because they haven't eaten all day and then they're just going to say, I don't want to do this. Uh, um, but one thing that I'm really excited for actually today, the local mosque in my area is doing some sort of a surprise for the Muslims in our community where if you pass by the mosque, um, they decorated the outside, they put up lights and signs and everything. They will be placing a gift in the back seat of your car if you un like if you roll down Aww. the window and they'll place a nice little gift for you in your car. We don't know what it is. I can't wait to go check it out. Aww. I'm really excited. I'm taking a little brother. So still trying to make Ramadan happen. So I have so. to ask you because this is the only thing that matters to me at holidays. Like what kind of food are we talking about? <laughs> oh. 
uh, we we eat a lot of middle. I'm Middle Eastern, so we eat a lot of Middle Eastern food during mm-hmm. Ramadan. Um, that's not every Muslim, obviously, because there's Muslims from um all different. Are there any staples um, that you only my, make during this month? Yes, there are. It's usually desserts. Um, so there's one dish that my mom makes, and actually, my relatives usually like line up at the door to come pick some <laughs> up and bring it back to their house. Yeah. It's called um, katayef. It's kind of like a pancake that you stuff with either like mozzarella cheese or you can stuff it with nuts and cinnamon and um, more. And then you bake it in the oven and you coat it in a sugary water substance. I'm not sure what it's called in English, um, but in Arabic it's called katir. So you put it on that and it's it's really good. Um, My mom... She only makes it in Ramadan. We eat it nearly every day. And you'd think that we'd lose weight during Ramadan. Not with my mom's <laughs> cooking. No, we don't. You know, that I and I hope that you are around your mom because I if there's anything I've needed during this whole pandemic, it's just like my mom's cooking. You know? Oh. So yeah. Yeah. So well that's exciting. Um and well, you're welcome to join our iftar virtual <laughs> dinner one day if you'd like. Um, yeah. Oh my god, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what do we have coming up next from you on the show? Right. So I'll be speaking with a public school teacher who will be telling me what it's like being a teacher during this pandemic and how students are struggling to get their assignments in, but teachers are also struggling to help those students. And they will be providing some tips and tricks for um, the students as well and other teachers. Yeah, that'll be great. What about you, Louise? Um, So I have a local musician coming on to talk about how a lot of young artists are trying to survive not having any shows to play at right now. Um, And also how they're you know, doing how they're how they're keeping connected and doing online concerts. And uh, she actually is putting out an EP this Friday. Um, and we talked a little bit about that EP and how it feels uh, releasing it at this moment right now. When a lot of people are trying to just hold on to their music, she just decided to put it out there. So, yeah, we have all of that coming up for you right here on In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin on 88.1 WCRX FM. Being a student during the COVID-19 pandemic is definitely not an easy task. Many students are struggling to keep up with assignments and stress during this time. Something we students often overlook is what teachers also undergo. As college students, we have a bit more wiggle room when it comes to what we choose to do with the rest of our semester. But those in high school and grade school may have to face different challenges. Join with me now is Chicago High School math teacher Mahmoud Ahmed, aka my fiance. Tell me a little bit more about the struggles of schooling during this time. Hey Mahmoud, thanks for coming on. Uh, hi Yasmin. So there's lots of struggles that are going on with the remote learning or e-learning during this uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Some of the struggles for uh, us teachers at my school is trying to integrate um, technology and get everything you know like up to the standard for remote learning. Another issue is a lot of our kids are low income. So they do not have the proper technology devices or, you know, proper internet to get on to the remote learning. Now you're a CPS teacher, correct? I am a teacher and, you know, I am a teacher in uh, Chicago. Yeah. So what kinds of equipment um, are your students given during this time period? Well, recently I learned or I heard that we are given the go-to to get, I think, either laptops or tablets to give the kids. But I don't think that we are there yet. Um, a lot of the kids only either have their cell phones 
and uh, like a hotspot. Others don't have like anything. So how do they get their homework in on time without the proper resources? Are there things that teachers could do to accommodate their students during this time? Um, yeah. So what my school did was um, all the kids that called saying that they aren't able to access the online or remote learning were emailed, uh, were emailed, you know, packets and packets will be mailed in every three weeks. And we're thinking of, with the packets, we're also thinking of um, sending during the next three-week shift for so weeks, because we just started quarter four this week, um, you know, sending out like a return packet. So once you're done with the packet, you send it and it'll, you know, you send it, it'll get mailed to the school once you're done with a return packet. And then I believe my boss, who's known as the director, will send it to, you know, he'll mail it to the teachers for us to grade at home. Also, another thing that we're doing this quarter is our classes are pass incomplete this quarter. And so the way that that works is you either get a passing grade, you know, you do enough work to earn credit and you'll receive a passing grade or you receive an incomplete. So the grades this quarter do not impact your GP, uh, your GPA. And that was, I believe, a decision made by ISBE, the Illinois State Board of Education. So what's it like being a teacher during this pandemic? What's the routine like? The routine is like at my school because it's kind of hard to have the kids, you know, get online. Like, you know, for live instruction every day we're required to make. So the kids that do have online access, we're required to make, you know, videos of the instruction. And we're supposed to we're supposed to make videos of the instruction. We're supposed to send out an email with a daily agenda, with the video, like of us, you know, giving um, live or recorded instruction, and with the assignment as well, you're supposed to also post that, you know, the video and the assignment on the Google Classroom in addition to the email, so each kid gets the email, and you need to be available for office hours. And each department is given an hour of office hours. And with some of the technology and some issues, it could take maybe two hours to make, you know, a video. And pacing is kind of, you know, different for each teacher. Like this one topic, when I teach it, takes one day. Not even one day. I teach, you know, I actually cover it with along with another topic in just one day. However, during this uh, COVID crisis, it has taken uh, four days to cover it. So what's it like being a teacher during this time mentally? How does it make you feel? It's very rough, especially since, you know, I'm a little bit on the younger side. Me starting to realize that I'm starting to become a little bit obsolete with the technology. So it's really rough. It's a pain in the butt. You know, you're not interacting with, you know, your other colleagues as much. You're in a bunch of, you know, online meetings. Um, Because of the lack of technology at my school, you know, it's like the same six to eight kids turning in work. You know, you're not getting as much interaction with the students. You know, I didn't go into this career to make, you know, money. I don't care about money. I get, I went into this career to, you know, like help, you know, others and have positive interactions with, you know, students. So how are your interactions with students during this time? Would you say they're positive, negative, in between? I mean, all the kids that... Um, all the students that have been taking part uh, with the remote learning have been very positive. A lot of students, you know, have actually brought up their grades significantly for the third quarter during um, this uh, pandemic. I had a couple students. I won't obviously name any student, you know, um, privacy reasons. Some of them were failing and, you know, as a result of the e-learning, because, you know, they struggled with attendance, but because they showed up every day to remote instruction, they actually brought up their grades to A's. And I actually, like I said, I had, you know, like three or four kids do that. And, you know, that was to their benefit. They were able to work, you know, they were able to do it from home. Is it, would you say it's, would you say that learning during this time is a bit harder Yeah, I would say that it is harder, especially, you know, it's very hard because 
of the fact that you're not getting to see, you know, the reaction of the kids, you know, like learning. You're not able to get, you know, like, you know, teaching from, you know, from a screen is different from, you know, teaching face to face. Another thing that's, you know, kind of been a nightmare too in terms of learning is, you know, the students who are self-contained, they're having the real, they're having the most difficult time during this um, pandemic because, you know, not all the, like, not all, not ever, like, not all the pro- protocols have been established for these students. Not everything is being, you know, followed. Like, it's just, it's, it's like a nightmare. Like, no one's sure what to do. And this is just across the board, like, in multiple schools, like, you know, in the state of Illinois. What's some advice that you might have for students during this time with remote learning and, and for those students who might not be doing too well? Um, I recommend that if your teacher offers office hours, please show up to those. I get about maybe two students show up to office hours a week. Um, contact your teachers. I, um, in addition to me using my Google Classroom and me emailing the kids every day, I also message the kids practically every day on the Remind Communication app. Just communicate with your teachers. You know, if you don't get something, message them. Ask for an extension. I had a student uh, today tell me that they're not feeling well, and I told them that's not an issue. You know, you're going to get well, and then I'm going to give you an extension. If you get well, message me, and then you're going to get that extension. Take your time. What about to teachers during this time? What would you say to your fellow colleagues? You know, take some mental health breaks, relax. You know, we're all like, we're all literally in this together. A lot of us feel like, you know, we're not sure what we're doing and we'll get through this one step at a time. And any colleague, you know, like any teacher that needs something like, you know, some people are working on, like I said, there's a lot of resources that are being held, you know, on either Google Meets meetings or Zoom meetings or all these other, you know, meetings. It's also really like kind of like you miss your students, you miss the after school, you know, programs you used to host. I used to run, you know, I used to be the sponsor for the recycling club. I used to be one of the sponsors for the science club. I used to be the sponsor for, you know, the green club. I was, you know, trying to get like this health, like this one health club into my school. And since all this happened, it's just been kind of... Like, you know, it's not been good, but, you know, I'm very hopeful that we'll be back in the classroom, hopefully, you know, in, um, for the fall. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I do wish you the best and your students the best as well. If you missed part of In the Loop, you could find us on iTunes and Spotify. You can also find WCRX on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WCRXFM. Or you can go to our website, wcrxfm.colum.edu. Janet Blackwell is a Chicago-based singer-songwriter trying to stay in the groove of being back at home under a stay-at-home order in California. In our interview over Zoom, we talked about how she and other young musicians are coping with the loss of live performing, how creatives can stay inspired while locked indoors, and how not to beat yourself up if you're experiencing some major writer's block. You can find Janet Blackwell's work wherever you stream music, and her new EP, Enouement, was released this Friday.
my door just opened and nothing prompted that. Ghost. Okay, anyway. <laughs> How are all of your musician friends doing right now? Because I know when you were in the city, you guys were so close. You were doing stuff like every night of the week. Maybe not every night, but it seemed like oh, it. We were. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Well, I think that's just because we knew, well, I had a feeling that this was going to happen in the extreme way that it ended up happening. And before we were told, okay, y'all got to stop that. I just, they're my family and I needed to see them as much as possible, which I guess in hindsight isn't that great, but this was like January, February. Um, but they're doing okay. I think everyone's in a state of like, I need to learn how to use a loop pedal and do everything by myself. Like, I don't know if you saw the concert on Saturday when Keith Urban came in. It was just like, oh, cool. Now my backup guitarist, also me. And now my backup other guitarist, also me. And then me, the lead singer in harmonies, also me. I think that's everyone right now. You know what? (laughs) I totally totally didn't even think of that. The loop pedal is the perfect quarantine Mm -hmm. instrument aid thing. Just one band band. Oh yeah, I've been seeing so many memes circling around like, guess it's time to be a loop master. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Um, and you're like, I don't even want to try. So you're you're graduating this year, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and as are you. I know. And how so for you, you and your friend group, all these people who are emerging artists, they're trying to put out their music. They're trying to, you know, a big part when you're at this stage is doing live stuff, getting yourself out in front of people, you know, building a community, getting to know other artists. Um, How is this pandemic affecting not just musicians, but specifically like budding artists? Oh, I feel a little bad for the people who were just starting out I mean, as musicians and not, because I know one of my friends, she just started a promotion company too, and was looking to get musicians together to do live shows and to promote local artists, especially the Chicagoland area. And this happened right when that was like ready to, you know, um, start up. So it's really unfortunate at the timing of this. I kind of feel, I don't know if you also feel this way, but to me, it seemed like musicians especially when everyone was really working to release stuff and planning for the summer and doing a lot of performance planning that's when this hit um but i mean at the same time i think it's really cool how there's been a lot of people online i mean myself included i feel like there's a lot more of an audience now who's listening in and it's free i mean to listen to these live streams and there's obviously been like numerous concerts that are free so maybe this is kind of good not saying it's great but different kind of viewing experiences and gathering fans i know that a lot of i know a lot of independent artists have a hard time like getting people to come out to shows like a big problem i know a lot of the time is you'll get like 50 or 100 people respond to your Facebook event and then like five people show up. Do you think that after this, when people are so exposed to local music or like smaller acts or they're hungry for it, do you think Mm -hmm. that's going to change at all? I hope. I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but it seems like, I don't know, I'm a lazy bum. I'll say it. (laughs) Sometimes I just genuinely don't have the 10 bucks to go out where I'm like, I only kind of know you. I don't really know if I want to get off my couch for that. And that sounds really bad, but it's just the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I'm introduced to that person or their sound is something that, you know, someone was just playing, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll be invested. So I'm wondering now, like with everyone being on their couches at home listening to this music whether or not they know these people but they're hearing this song for the first time they probably will want to go to more live shows and like be maybe more eager to listen to these artists that are just being introduced to them in this period totally crossing fingers (laughs) yeah yeah how are you so everybody's like locked inside right now you're kind of just staring at your four walls all day how are as a songwriter how do you how are you staying inspired in kind of just that blank suspended space (laughs) 
no man's land. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm in the hallway between my kitchen and my bedroom. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> You're like, oh, what can I say about this profound experience? <laughs> what can I describe? The picture on the wall. It's my grandmother. Maybe I could write a song. No. <laughs> um, honestly, honestly, it's, I don't feel like it's been that hard, but that's just because I, I don't know. I tend to call myself out a lot, like with writing from a diary perspective. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So ironically enough, when I went home, I had in the beginning all the time in the world just to go through my diaries. And it was a lot of nostalgic, I guess, yeah, songs have been coming, I guess, a little easier in a way. They haven't been about things that have happened currently, but I've noticed I've written a lot about just memories. Um, and it's kind of funny too, because my other friends who've like, you know, been trying to not go crazy with everything happening and working from home and like trying to stay sane with their own art and music, they've been writing a lot of songs like to do with their past or like songs they wrote once upon a time that they never finished, but just about like before all this happened. <laughs> so Yeah, I guess it I guess it must be interesting kind of like having your whole college experience and then coming back to your childhood bedroom ripped away you know it's like that thing yeah (laughs) it's so so weird but it also puts things into perspective because I mean like I was saying I was picking up my old diaries and I was reading through the things that I apparently thought meant everything and were so impactful and I'm realizing now wow I took so much for granted like 10 year old Janet all she cared about was just boys and like apples of peanut butter and like whether or not you know her mom was gonna let her buy skinny jeans and like that's not what's that's not that dramatic compared to now so I feel grateful I guess that I'm trying to say moral of the story you you learned something at college you know yeah that's good yeah (laughs) um and I know a lot of people right now are putting a lot of pressure on themselves to be creative Um, And even if they're getting like really severe writer's block or they just don't have the, I guess, the energy, but um, are there ways that people can kind of take that pressure off of themselves, like to not feel bad that they aren't creating? Because that can't be good for the creative process to just, you know, hate on yourself for that. Oh, no, that's... I was seeing those posts circling around in the beginning of all this, people saying, oh, this is a great time to finish that project finish that book and even I was kind of in that mindset of like ah I have to do all the things because there's no excuse I have the time but people forget like it's still three weeks to settle into a routine and just because you have the time does not mean that your heart is going to be in it I think people forget that like you know your creativity isn't contingent on whether or not you have the time it's if you genuinely have the heart to do it and frankly i don't think anyone really should feel forced to do something when there's a pandemic happening unless they're called to do so yeah um i hope people aren't pressuring themselves and and i guess i guess speaking of that too so what's coming up for you right now i know you have a release coming out on friday yeah, I have an EP of, it's really funny because that EP I started last year, we recorded it in August, and it was all about situations where things went wrong, and life did the thing where you didn't expect it to go on a specific turn that totally did, um, and we were planning to release it like months earlier than now, but it's kind of funny that it is, you know, being released at the time that it is but that's happening on Friday yeah Um, yeah could you you just tell me a little bit about it like what we're gonna hear on the album oh yeah so it's um it's a lot happier than what I've released in the past and I think part of that is just because of the instrumentation it we had a lot of stupid fun experimenting with bringing up the beat um my producer and friend John, he drums on all the tracks. Well, four out of five of them. I pretend I know how to play drums on one of them. Um, but it's just like You're a lot You're basically Paul McCartney. It's fine. It's fine. You can play <laughs> drums on it. <laughs> I can't, though. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of fun trying. Um, but we brought up the tempo for it. And I think 
I'm just convinced now after finishing all of it that even if like lyrics themselves are a little sad that the instrumentation can make it happier. So there's a lot of like bedroom pop sound songs. We used a lot of like cheesy synth, um, a lot of twangy guitar and just like, we also did a lot of playing with lyrics. Like we got really geeky with that. Like there's one song called blue and um, it talks about one line of it is like, Oh, you notice little things like an airplane's wings. And then, my producer was like, we should put in an airplane sound effect. And then we did. Yes. <laughs> like stupid idiots, but it mixes in well. So I hope yeah. that's okay. <laughs> it's all in the yeah, vision. Just a lot more yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, how does it feel releasing a project like that at this moment? It feels really ironic. <laughs> um, but it's fun. I'm grateful that my gut told me to make something that sounded happier because that's going to be a happier thing to put out at this time. Maybe that's what's needed. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It does feel weird though. And, uh, and lastly, I just wanted, I wanted to play you like a little thingy because it reminded me of you, but have you ever listened to Joni Mitchell's Miles Viles album? Yes. From 1974. It's like one of my favorite albums of all time. That is my favorite one. It is? Okay. Yeah. Next to Blue. What she says right before she plays Jericho. I'd like to play a couple of new songs for you now. They're they're both love songs, of course. One of them is very hopeful and one is kind of a portrait of a disappointment. My favorite theme. (laughs) Little yin-yang here for you folks. Really that. Wow. I like I I yeah. felt that really hard. Dude, um, yeah. I, I feel that every day of my life. But no, but I, I I listened to that the other day and I heard her say that line and I was like, that's Janet. That <laughs> yeah, like she's willing to make fun of herself. <laughs> right, right, right. That is so uncanny. You she's no, always that- the person that you've reminded me the most of, though. Why? Yeah, like oh, I remember, I remember, I remember Ryan Pollock like compared you to some other singer, and I, he was like, "You know who you remind me of?" And I was oh, like, "He's gonna say Joni was- Mitchell," and then uh, he totally didn't at all, and I was like, "He's wrong." <laughs> well, it was really funny because I think he ended up saying Lana Del Rey, and then he was like, "Yeah, I don't like her." And I was like, "Okay." You're like, "Okay." <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna sip my coffee. <laughs> yeah. That's- Thank you for saying that. That's actually really what I think, though, when I hear you sing. Aww. Like, her well, Joan is, Baez. But here's the thing. it's I'm not talking about the way you sound. I'm talking about the way you write. You know what I mean? Okay, now I just feel even extra emotional. <laughs> I love how she writes. She gets super she, the thing. The thing. Well, diary-esque. yeah. That's true, but the thing that I appreciate her about her is she never, you know, she was in a whole league of of guy songwriters, you know, but she never felt the need to like go into a masculine energy. Like she always yeah. she always wrote from a genuine feminine point of view, you know, and yeah. never never apologized for back. it, you know. And it was never like a oh, it was no. never but never even- a weak feminine either. It was always yeah Mm -mm. yeah no I totally agree she seems very much like you know if there was an archetype that wasn't written in history that needed to be like the strong feminine queen that is yeah yeah I love her I love her too I know you love her I love her Louise, you know what time it is. The best best time. time. And we both have good ones. 
Oh, yes, so we it's do. Time to oh. talk about our favorite social media sensations that happened this week. Stuff that we saw online that made us laugh. Why don't you go first? Okay, Louise? so my favorite thing, and I feel like this isn't a new thing for this week, but it just, I feel like the ones that we see every week just get better and better. So everybody knows that a, a big thing with politicians, especially too, is that nobody can get a haircut right now, right? I mean, me, myself, yes. I'm just, I'm, I have a pixie cut, but I'm just putting headbands in and growing it out. <laughs> like, it's just getting longer in the back, so I'm just letting it go. Um, but a lot of people are really uncomfortable, so they are deciding to cut their hair at home. And on Twitter, it's going by hashtag Corona cut. And no. it's amazing because you can go on Twitter, look up hashtag Corona cut, and you can see something really good. Like, it's impressive how well they did their haircut at home. And some of them are major fails. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. It's it's pretty amazing. And then there's also some cute... I feel like um, everybody has a pair of clippers. And there's always a really cute one of, like, a little kid trying to do his dad's hair. You know, with the clippers while they're off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually saw that one. I thought it was cute, but I also was a little scared because they were holding <laughs> clippers. But <laughs> I was, yeah, unplugged. that it was probably unplugged. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's just been great watching watching people be like, "Well, I have nothing else to lose at this point." So, yeah, it's um funny because a lot of the men in my family too started shaving their faces, mm-hmm. and they all look like they're twelve <laughs> years old again. So it's. <laughs> some some guys really like need a beard to look their mm. age i'm just saying um but yeah uh, it, it's definitely an interesting time period where i think that i can't wait to see this in a history book one oh, day. Yeah. that's all i'm saying no i like, love i love all the memes yeah. that are coming out that are like um uh you know like the 2008 emo cut and they're like me <laughs> three weeks into coronavirus <laughs> quarantine <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh, that's but, a good one. Okay, so what? Um, uh, what did you have for your favorite social media sensation for this week? Well, I love SpongeBob. Man, so do um, I. <laughs> insert insert my favorite SpongeBob quote here. You used me for land development. That wasn't nice. Haven't you figured it out, SpongeBob? Nice guys finish last. <laughs> okay um i just think spongebob is so great grew up watching spongebob and i was so pleased to see that the official spongebob account on twitter and instagram shared a picture of patrick and spongebob wearing traditional islamic wear in spongebob's house with moons and stars dangling like little decorations and a banner that says ramadan mubarak and and it captioned the post saying, wishing everyone a happy Ramadan. And that just solidified my you're respect like, for the show. You're like, we've that. made it in American culture. We're now a mainstay. We cannot be denied. Yeah. Literally. Like, that's literally yeah. how it feels. SpongeBob approves. You yeah. have to approve. No, totally. I think if you don't follow their in social media accounts, like, what are you doing? They post, um, number one, yeah. they just post really great, like, heartfelt stuff on there um but like the post that you're talking about but also just they post like barbershop quartet versions of the songs from the show and um (laughs) and really funny memes about like there was one where spongebob's like crazily pushing a vacuum it's like me cleaning my house for the 30th time during quarantine another one i thought was cool on their account was um i don't know if you remember that episode of spongebob and squidward sitting on a field and there's like a brick wall between them and they're watching the sunset (laughs) it's like social distancing right yeah this is great just the three of us you me and this brick wall you built between us yeah (laughs) oh goodness but you know and and just so everyone knows if you have amazon prime uh you can watch seasons one through three uh streaming on amazon prime right now so I mean, if you're still in quarantine, it's a perfect time to catch up, even if you're an adult, because it's still good. Right. Yeah. Definitely. What else could we um, be watching oh, coming yeah, up, Thank Louise. you for reminding me. I just want to throw this out there for everyone. Um, Saturday night on the 25th on the Beatles official YouTube channel, they're doing uh, an airing 
of the Yellow Submarine film, the animated film. Uh, I can't remember what year that came out. But it's a sing-along and a dress-up. So if you've got little kids, um, and or if you're just an adult, <laughs> honestly, um, who doesn't want to <laughs> dance around in their living room to, to Yellow Submarine? Um, that would be a really fun thing Definitely. to tune into. And it's just on YouTube, so it's free for everybody. Yeah, and I love that all of these sing-alongs mm-hmm. keep happening because I feel like it's a really fun way to bring yeah. people together. Yeah. So I'm and excited it's not just for watching this. something. You have something to interact with, too. You know? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for tuning into the show this week. Um, if you have anything you want to share with us for social media sensations or anything that you saw this week in the news, you can uh, tag us in it with hashtag in the loop on CRX. And we will see you right here again Friday at 3 p.m. You can tune in right here on 88.1 WCRX FM to In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin. See you next week. Bye. A very special thank you to Mahmood Othman and Janet Blackwell for being such great guests on the show today. Again, if you want to listen to Janet's new EP, it's called Etoumont, and you can find it anywhere you stream your music. Make sure you follow us on social media at WCRXFM. And again, if you missed any part of the episode today, you can find In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin wherever you get your podcasts. Stay healthy and see you next week.